All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're on the road at Newcastle Casino on a Tuesday. We're going to be out here yesterday, but I decided to make my schedule as problematic as it could be today. That's good. So <laughs> I decided to really challenge myself. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, things can come up, and I've got to be pretty flexible in, in I'm not boohoo in here any stretch of the imagination. But I was really excited, Josh, because, you know, sometimes people talk about places where they have lunches. It's like, oh, I got a lunch over at Penny Hill, which would be great to me. Uh, I got a lunch here. We're going to sit down at um, Neighborhood Jam, right, which would be awesome. I was actually having lunch with someone today at Whataburger, and it's the happiest I think I've ever been. When was the last time you've gone and sat down in a fast food restaurant to have lunch? I think the last yeah. time was it would have been last spring. Right. See, it doesn't happen. I was ex- I was over the moon excited. Unfortunately, I had to we had to cancel. Got a, got some responsibilities what? over at the university. I know. I was ready. Now they don't do taquitos at lunchtime, but I was definitely ready with my healthy eating that I have embar- embarked upon here uh, at the end of 2022. I was ready to just throw that all out the window for a double meat with cheese and a large fry, and probably wash it down with a root beer. So I was ready to go. But yeah, saddies. Hey, let's reset just real quick because. I don't want to say there's any confusion or anything of that nature, Josh, but I just want to make sure we're clear. The point that's being that was was made by our last texter is a really, really good point. To where it, it kind of to me magnifies one thing that we're talking about, helps us clarify it, but then hammers home what's the most important thing. In other words, if you ask, what's a worst case scenario of number of players for you? I don't think you need to get caught up in numbers. I think the worst-case scenario is the who. And to that question, don't you think this will give us a pretty good indicator of how deeply entrenched and bought in these kids are? Absolutely. But that question then becomes, which kids? Because, you know, Marvin Mims talked about the challenges of some of those veteran guys in adjusting. If, if or when DJ Graham's in the portal – it's not a guy where I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? But if a Grayson Holton is, then I'm a little bit concerned, right? Not sure. ever questioning the direction, but just the number the number is not going to be the problem. The problem is going to be the who. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Even if it's okay. – uh, let, let me throw a name at you. Woody Washington's back, right? Right. Playing college football, but he transfers away from Oklahoma. That's a significant loss, yeah. but I'm not going to feel the same way about that as I do a Robert Spears Jennings or a Jaden Rowe. We're talking Correct. about the young nucleus in a lot of ways for Oklahoma. When you say, is this going to give us an indication of who's bought in and who's not? Absolutely. And that's most important and most pressing in my mind with the freshmen, with the sophomores, with the guys that we think these next couple of seasons are going to be around here and hopefully flipping this thing from 6-6 six and six to back to double-figure win seasons and conference championships and taking you into the SEC, into the preeminent conference in college football and taking you there as a factor to win that league, to go to the college football playoff, to play for national championships, right? So the, right. the young guys that came in with the last class and maybe even the class before, but your R. Mason Thomases of the world, those types of players. 
Right, it's Plank Show right here on the ref. We're at Newcastle Casino on a Tuesday. Tuesday means high school basketball. We've got you covered at krefsports.tv. Norman, Moore, Edmond, and Deer Creek schools, we've got you all season long. And uh, games tonight on krefsports.tv. Are you on the call tonight for Edmond Memorial at Norman North, Josh? I'm not, no. I, uh, okay. I'll be on the broadcast on Friday. But uh, I know we've got I, – I'll try and get organized on that and get you the full list of what we've got. No worries. Got. Perry's email just happened to come right in the right in the middle of me needing a good segue, so here we go. Uh, also, I, I wanted to say for high school football fans, Thursday is looking like our high school football state championship game preview show. Uh, I'm not here to point out any kind of good luck things, but two of the three coaches that we had on – in our high school football preview show for the state playoffs are in the state championship game. I'm just saying. So we'll try to we'll try to catch back up with uh, Bill Blankenship. You know, I uh, I actually was was finally able to get in touch, kind of in a roundabout way, with Lauren Montgomery, whose name popped up for the Tulsa job in the TulsaWorld.com list of potential really? candidates. Yeah. So uh, we'll get we'll get Coach Montgomery. On uh, on here on Thursday, and of course I got to get my guy, Washington Warrior head football coach Brad Beller, his team looking to win a state championship for the first time since your boy was in high school. So uh, we'll talk to Coach Beller if uh, the schedule allows coming up on Thursday tonight. Tonight is the next edition of the four team playoffs. Though so, I next edition, no bleep plank. Tonight is the. Final, I guess, regular season edition of the four-team playoffs. And in some way, shape, or form, the top four is going to look like this. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC, right? The question tonight becomes, who's number five? The ACC is out of the mix. The, I guess then in that, the other four power conferences are right there in the mix, right? Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, ACC. So the ACC is out. Josh, who's number five in your world? I think it'll be Ohio State. Ooh. Ooh. Go ahead. Is you, And I think we're all affected by what happened on Saturday against Michigan. This is not saying they deserve to be in the four-team playoff. But you would put them over Alabama, who, by the way, in the most recent AP and coaches poll, Ohio State fell to five in both but still was ahead of Alabama. I think this boils down to really what? Them having just one loss sure. and that one loss being to the number two team in the country. <laughs> right? And- and we're caught up in the – and Michigan did ding them, right, J.J. McCarthy? Got really, good. from the second quarter on, they – whether it was McCarthy's arm or uh, Edwards running the football, Michigan dinged Ohio State's defense for some big, big-time chunk plays and chunk scoring plays. But generally speaking, going into the fourth quarter, Ohio State could have won that game. It, it got sure. totally away from them in that fourth quarter. But for folks that watched that game, as much bad as there was for Ohio State, really, again, from the second quarter on, defensively, 
they still had an opportunity if they had made plays in the fourth quarter to go win that game. And I think they're in the college football playoff if TCU loses to K-State. What about USC? If USC loses, are they in? No, I, think I so. No, I don't think they're in. If they lose, no. If USC loses, you think Ohio State's still on the outside looking in? And you think USC will still get that No, four? no, 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 no. no. I, I thought you were saying USC. Yeah, Ohio State's going if USC loses. Okay. It, either TCU or USC, yes, they're going. Can I pose a theory from Dan Wetzel then on that? Because I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, by the way, to the uh, to at Jay in Tulsa. I know Levi Burns staying at Missouri. That's not who we were talking about. What uh, what we were talking about earlier in the program was Dominique Levette, different receiver. There's more than one receiver at Missouri. Jay, keep up. All right. Um, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. So Dan Wetzel, I just happened to open up Twitter and like they're responding that Levi Burns staying at, at Missouri. Yeah, we never said Levi Burns. Quit hearing what you want to hear. We're talking about another Missouri wide receiver. Goodness. L- Luther and by Byrne? the way, did I say Levi? I'm sorry. Luther Byrne. Yeah, Luther Byrne. Sorry. And I- I'm getting mad at someone for screwing something up, and I'm screwing it up. Welcome to the hypocritical world of Sports Talk Radio. But I will add to this. Is there anything more brilliant than announcing that you're staying at a school and doing so with an NIL announcement involving potato chips? Here's the point from Dan Wetzel, and I'm curious to get your take on this. In his mind, the top four set. In other words, why should USC, if it loses in a conference championship game, fall behind Ohio State because Ohio State didn't reach the conference championship game? I know that's not how this whole thing works, but the field is set in the eyes of Yahoo Sports at Dan Wetzel. And I have this. I talked to him yesterday, but I don't have any audio adapters for some reason. I think I have a thief who is breaking into my studio, Josh. And instead of stealing my priceless championship rings, they're stealing my audio adapters. I will not have any more of this. But Wetzel's point is, if the top four tonight is Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC, then Boo Corrigan should make a simple declaration and i quote the field is set these are the four teams that will appear in the playoff this weekend's conference championship game will be for seeding purposes only your thoughts run that by me one more time i'm sorry i I just want to wrap my head around it correctly here well no 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 you're a nice guy who's bothering you right now is it perry no, 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 it... no, nobody's bothering me. No, okay, nobody's bothering all right. Me. Perry's just mad about Russell Wilson right now. He's trying to implode the show, sending me emails that he knows is going to get my attention. <laughs> uh, here's what he said. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Here's what he said. If the top four tonight is Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC, mm-hmm. then Boo Corrigan should make this simple declaration. The field is set. These are the four teams that will appear in the playoff. This weekend's conference championship games are for seeding purposes only. No, that's that's ridiculous. Why would why would he say that? If TCU or USC lose, then Ohio State's going. That'd be the first loss of the season for TCU. It would be in a championship game against the top ten team. We think. 
we take Kansas State is nine in one poll and thirteen in the other somehow. But I, I I don't know if I'm a fan of it either. But I listen. Georgia's going regardless, even if LSU beats them, and LSU's not getting that fourth spot if they do, and I don't think they're beating them. Michigan's getting in unless Purdue beats them by thirty. And they still might get in if that's the case. The two we're really focused on here, right, are TCU and Ohio State more than anything. All right, TCU and USC, right? Yes. Yeah, three and four. And that's how it'll be in the college football playoff rankings, I think, tonight, right? Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU three, USC four. I think it's going to look exactly like the AP top 25 and the coaches poll. If USC loses, though, and it's a a two-loss team, they're a non-conference champion – then guess what? They're not getting in over Ohio State. So I, I don't I don't agree with what he's saying right there. I would like to fight and scratch. <laughs> okay, Barry, I'll accept it. I would like to fa- fight and scratch and claw for TCU. I would like to fight and scratch and claw for those being the top three teams. But I just I don't know if that's going to be the case. I really don't. They're they're playing for their playoff lives. Against Kansas State, and, and honestly, I, I mean, look at the look at the spreads for the playoff games this weekend. I mean, I would love to take Kansas State as an upset special, but what is it like a two point spread? I mean, that's it's it's awesome to see how competitive this league has been, and you know, e- even if TCU loses to Kansas State on Saturday, they'll still be able to say they beat every team on their roster or, or on their schedule. So I would love to sit here and scratch and claw and fight for TCU, but I don't know if I'm going to win, Josh. I like the idea that Dan Wetzel is throwing out, but if they lose on Saturday, this isn't a situation where anything is set, period. Now, if TCU loses and it's combined with USC being upset, would TCU get in as the four? I think there's a chance. Here's here's the problem that we have is there's there's just not really a, a viable contender that we're fighting for to get in here. Everyone that would get in, we would have to make an excuse as to why they're in, right? If Alabama gets in, we would be excusing away to – pretty damning losses i can hear right well those losses were only by this number of points and they still have the most talented roster and i'm sure suddenly game control which hasn't been mentioned in like four weeks would come into a a a conversation piece but that's just in my world there's no one that we're looking at on the outside that we're scratching and clawing and fighting to get in here you know you go back historically and I i was trying to do this on the fly but i don't think i'm going to be able to you even go back to say last year in the in the final college football playoff rankings. You know, if to, to me there were teams like Baylor after they won the Big Twelve championship game, um, you know, Ohio State was a two loss team. You know, Notre Dame was kind of in that in that mix. They were a two loss team. Their second loss came, of course, in their bowl game, but they were a one loss team. So I. There were a few teams that were in that mix. And let me see if I can find the Week 15 rank. Yeah, the Week 15 college football playoff rankings, you had a one-loss Notre Dame team, 
Uh, Baylor had what was two losses, and then they won the conference championship. If Oklahoma State would have won the conference championship, it might have been a hell of a debate. But there were a few teams that you looked at in, in 2021 where you were like, hmm, okay, all right, this is uh, this is kind of interesting. You go back to, to 2019, Georgia was right there, Oregon was right there, Oklahoma had beaten Baylor, so they weren't really right there. But I, I guess my point more than anything else, Josh, is where you had some teams knocking on the door in years past, Really, the only team knocking on the door here is the one that got embarrassed last week and an Alabama team that has two, I don't want to say bad losses, but two losses on its schedule and maybe two or three more that they should have lost. So, I mean, there's there's really no one that's just there waiting for someone to slip up and slide in that doesn't have some incredible warts on their resume. Yeah, the, the outside looking in, that five, six, seven like you said, is that better than what a TCU with one loss would look like? Or honestly, in some ways, is that better than a USC with two losses? What what they would look like? I would probably favor uh, an Alabama over a USC if both had two losses and neither were conference champions. But the more we talk through this, I'm, I'm starting to come around a little bit to the idea, at least with TCU, at least with TCU, because they've, they've run their regular season schedule unblemished. They get into a conference championship game. They're going to play a really good Kansas State team in my mind. And if you lose that game and you finish 12-1, and one, should they really get supplanted by an Alabama, by an Ohio State? I could entertain an argument where, no, maybe they shouldn't. It's, it's going to be an interesting, interesting show tonight. And you know what? I want to be very clear with you guys. The best part of the college football playoff show is the post-show teleconference because that's where you get all the uh, uh, that's where you get everyone up in their fields. You know, I was I was going back to to 2018 and looking at the college football playoff rankings. You know, you go back to 2018 and you even had a handful of teams that were knocking on the door, right? Some Georgia fans are still bent about that. Ohio State was in the mix. Michigan was in the mix heading into the final playoff rankings. UCF was it. There's nobody that we're sitting here making a case for outside of the most ardent Ohio State fans. And even they're mad because they've lost the one game that matters to them the most. Texas fans want to make fun of OU fans because horns down is what they always do. Oh, you're so infatuated with us. Look at how infatuated Ohio State is with beating Michigan. They call them that team up north. Now it's 10-22. We're late. We do a break. 14 playoff rankings tonight. Uh, I, I will say, I will say, Josh, I don't think we're going to hear anything tonight that is going to lead us to believe that either Ohio State or Alabama are out. I don't think that we're going to hear anything from Boo Carrington that will sell us that Dan Wetzel has a point. I honestly think they're going to continue to sell that Ohio State and Alabama are very much in this mix. I just, they've never been known for not wanting to create some sort of drama. 
and I just think that's going to be the case. All right, when we come back right here on The Ref, I mentioned uh, Brent Venables had his coaching show last night. It's posted up on the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll hit you with some of the highlights next right here on The Ref. Can I dump on something real quick, Josh? Absolutely. It's your world, your universe. We merely exist in it. I I really dig the direction of the Big 12. I do. Um, I'm excited that with OU and Texas leaving, it didn't just die. I obviously have a vested interest because I do a lot of work on the Big 12 channel on Sirius XM, and it's, it's, it's nice. It's a good financial boon for my family. But there's certain things that, that they flex their muscles on that I just I don't get. And, like, for instance, this, this press release that was just sent out, Big 12 to introduce entertainment, broadcast and brand enhancements at Dr. Pepper Big 12 football championship game. And more than anything else, just let me let me read it for you. Grammy award winning songwriter Ashante Asante Asante will perform the national anthem. Uh, boxing champion Errol Spence We'll do the coin toss, and DJ Poison Ivy will provide in-game music. I um, And, oh, by the way, the Big 12 has partnered with Streetwear Fashion to brand a Brave at 8BAPE to introduce on-field co-branding and BAPE marks utilizing the brand's famous camouflage aesthetic. I feel like I'm going to a restaurant that's telling me how great their service is now. Yeah, yeah, listen, you just thought it was good. Nah, it's really good. What does that really do? We're going to have a camo logo on the field? I don't, I don't get it, Josh. Hey, cool. You got to known a name i don't know they're the national anthem you've got a no everyone always promotes these things but i I just i kind of feel like they're flexing their muscles in the wrong area brand enhancements what the big 12 logo is going to be bigger you know put on a put on a good pregame concert or something for the fans i don't know josh i'm being i'm being too uh old man on this aren't i yeah i i don't know maybe I mean, it doesn't do a whole lot for me either, but, you know, for those, I guess, that are going to the game, I guess it's cool, right? I guess so. I guess. Um, A couple of notes from the Brent Venables presser. I asked Toby about this, and and I was listening to, to him earlier. He said they've highlighted about the four or five most likely bowl opponents, and they're already breaking down film on them. So... That's that's interesting. That's interesting, right? Because I think I think it's kind of interesting. Um, it's really funny to me more than anything else to see the problems that kind of have risen <laughs> from a scheduling perspective with who they play and who they might not or might play. But 
I don't know how you handle that because that's a lot of work. If you've already looked at four to five guys and our social media page on the ref, our social media page is all over, like the Facebook page, the Twitter pages. I think they've had four or five different kind of uh, teams that are battling to potentially play the Sooners in different bowl games. What, Cheez-It Bowl, Liberty Bowl, one of them, Tax Act Texas Bowl. Those are the three that are talked about the most. And I will say this. I'm not a big fan of having to go to Orlando. I'm not a big fan of of having to go to Arizona. But I'm a big fan of some of the potential matchups. I'd love to see OU Wisconsin. I think the OU Notre Dame thing and the Cheez-It Bowl is kind of minimized. But, but Josh Helmer, I don't really know. That's got to be a challenge when you're looking at Wisconsin, Maryland, maybe Clemson. Right, maybe Notre Dame, maybe North Carolina State, and then in that maybe South Carolina uh, as five to six different bowl possibilities. That's tough. Also, Toby asked him if he wanted a do-over for anything this year. He said we probably should have given them their playbooks earlier than they did. Said they were concentrating on building relationships this summer, and he wishes he had given them their playbooks six or seven weeks early what do you make of that yeah i mean there's probably a a number of different things that probably you could have done differently and you're into that second guessing portion of all of it you'd like to have it back sure you'd like to have given those playbooks a month and a half sooner you'd like to say that the ownership of said playbooks that everybody's knows would have been totally you know Dove into the playbook, but, I mean, do we know that that definitely was going to be the case either? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good-looking question. We like to live in this world where it's like, oh, my goodness, they got the playbook, and that's all they're doing night and day is looking at the playbook. There's a lot of guys that until spring football comes around or the next fall camp comes around, don't kid yourself. They're they're not every single night staying up reading the playbook. Hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Kendall has an interesting take on that, I thought. Um, He said they're trying to spice it up since the two biggest teams, OU and Texas, aren't in the championship game talking about the Big 12 things. And that's not what OU fans would want to hear, in my opinion. Okay. That's that's a fair point on the Big 12 thing that we were talking about. I like that. But I just, I I don't really know more than anything else of giving those playbooks would have made that big of a difference. But I find that interesting, right? I find that interesting from that perspective. They were so built on relationships and foundation and, gosh, what's the term I'm looking for here? That holistic approach, right, uh, along those lines, that to me would make the biggest difference, like if you're trying to just create some sort of continuity when you first get there. But getting them their playbooks earlier, I think that's, I think that's interesting. Don't know how much of a difference it would make. But that's good. Uh, we got a break. It's ten thirty four. What the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line? When we come back, four zero five six five one three four three nine. And by the way, we've got one other thing we need to get to on tonight's fourteen playoff ranking, and that is where Kansas State ends up. Are they a top ten team? There seems to be a great debate between the AP and the coaches poll about where they end up. We'll find out. We'll debate coming up next. Plus, our Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. And it is the worst. (laughs) It's the first time 
We've done the Newcastle Casino top five stories today live on site at Newcastle Casino where real gamers come to play. This is the Plank Show. A couple of things here to kind of catch up on on the super secret Textoso line. Um, I would mentioned Travis had pointed out it's kind of the on the Big 12 championship game and flexing their muscle on the on the the new co-branding and things of that nature, blah, blah, blah. And I brought up, I'm like, eh, that seems a little seems a little much of the things you want to brag about. That, that seems odd. But Travis brought up a really good point. He said it's the Jerry World model. Um, I hate watching games there because of it. The model's profitable, though. Every owner will do what Jerry Jones does. Buy the land, build the stadium, music, public funds, build a hotel, casino and legal, shopping, parking, own it all. It's a foolproof way to retain or make billions. It's like a football game. Excuse me. It feels like an event that has a football game as opposed to the football game being the event. Now, Hey, that's, that's the challenge that everyone has right now, though, too, right? I mean, they... We all love the football, and we're going to go for it, but you've got to keep people engaged and entertained. So I get that. And the product itself, what you're putting on TV, you, you want it to be an event. Now, Ashanti's just singing the national anthem, though, right? I mean, this is not like we've yeah. got a, a full-fledged concert right. going on. I mean, it's, right. it's, 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 she's going to come out, sing the national anthem, and that's it. That is correct, Josh Hummer. I gave my first off-air block. Um, so... Someone was mad because I brought up that I work for the Big 12. I don't work for the Big 12, you dope. Keep up. <laughs> I work for Sirius XM on the Big 12 channel. And my point was I'm giving that disclaimer to say it doesn't matter that I work for him. I'm still going to call him out on things. Yeah, so and you c- Plank absolutely <laughs> is part of the reason that yeah. Oklahoma opponents only got called for one holding penalty <laughs> throughout conference play this past season. Yeah. If here, here's the thing. You want to accuse me of being a self promoter, bro, I'm the farthest thing from that. I'll mention what I do. If I was a self promoter, I would be telling you what time the show's on, where you can catch me, and on what channel you can find me. I promote things that matter to the station. And if you want to be an a hole about it on the text messages, you're blocked. Now you can you can tweet at Parker or call the eight thousand horrible recruiting questions that you have. Um this is good from the five eight zero. What are? Oh no, no, no! Hold, hold on, hold on! I want to go back to the Big Twelve thing. I want to go back to that real quick. As far as that game is concerned, it's the best of the conference championship games, right? I mean, I guess maybe Utah and USC, seeing that Utah beat them already this season and how great that game ended up being, but that might be like, and that's a Friday night game where the Big uh, Pac twelve has kind of tried to find that unique niche. But I would say, Josh, in my world, TCU-Kansas State, that's the best game of all of them. It's one of those two. I would definitely, for me, say I'm looking forward to Kansas State-TCU the most. Right. And, and I actually expect K-State to win the game. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, just given the way that that game started before, obviously, Will Howard went down in the game. So, they're both terrific. It's K-State, TCU for me, but uh, USC, Utah would be a close second. I agree. I agree. But I, I think that has I think that has the potential to really be a good game. I mean, you go back, Josh, to the regular season game between those two teams. I mean, it looked like Kansas State was going to blow them out sure. of the water. 
whenever they were playing early. Um, Kendall, I, I, I misrepresented what Kendall was trying to say, so I do want to clarify. I do want to clarify here real quick, just because I am a caring person. Kendall said, I don't necessarily mean that concerts and parties are what OU fans want to hear. I don't think they want to hear the head coach say he should have given the playbooks to his players sooner than later. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, no, that's that's definitely that. right. There's going to be a faction of the OU fan base that says, well, what the heck? Right. I mean, do you decipher that and go a little bit deeper than just, man, we made a mistake in getting, I don't even want to say mistake, just we wish we would have gotten their playbooks a little bit sooner. I mean, is there maybe even a deeper meaning there in some way, shape, or form? Is it, you know, it's got to become a little bit more football-oriented, or do you think that focus is still on that holistic mindset? Well, that would be my reaction to some of that is, and I don't think Brent Venables is saying that, but it does make me wonder a little bit if in any way, shape, or form he's wondering that, if maybe he's been a little too focused on the relationship building portion of this. And it's important, and Brent Venables should be applauded for it. And I think it's a it's a clear pillar of the foundation that he's trying to build in Norman, right? And that's the holistic approach we hear about. And that that is resonating on the recruiting trail. So for me to sit here and try and tell you that it's not working, I don't think it's totally fair. I, I don't think that's fair at all yeah. to say that. But it does when I hear him say, uh, should we have given them the playbook or could we have done that six to seven weeks sooner instead of as much relationship building as we, we drove the program on early? Is he asking the question, do I need to be more in the business of football and X's and O's versus maybe a little less soul mission, a little less relationship building? I don't know that to be the case. I Again, I don't want to misrepresent this, Plank, because oh, absolutely. It, absolutely. It, it's been successful on the recruiting front, and I do believe that Brent Venables at his core foundationally thinks that needs to be a principle of the program that he's building at Oklahoma, but on some level, you do ask yourself the question, what could I have done differently, and is that part right. of what he wants to do differently going forward? So why don't we why don't we make a deal? Why don't we all make a, a plan for tomorrow? Let's play that cut to start the show. For those of you that are tuned in at 1046 on a Tuesday, tomorrow right off the top of the show – I'll, I'll reach out and I'll get clearance because I understand that there's rights holders and I respect that, but I don't think they would say no if I'm asking to play a two-minute clip to what Brent Venables said would be like his do-over that Toby asked him last night. And, and again, Coach isn't doing a press conference today. There was no press conference yesterday. So I would hope that there would be some grace to say, yeah, no one else at this station is playing it, so you guys you know, use it and – I think it would just be fascinating to get that full context, and then that way we can decide, all right, is this something that will be an adjustment going forward? Like you said, more focus on football. You know, not to say you completely go away from the holistic mindset and and everything that's involved in it, but I just I feel like I want to hear the quote, you know? And I, I listened to it 
but I feel like I want everyone to hear it. Right. I mean, I, you can go to the podcast page right now at Soonersports.com slash podcast, and you can hear the whole coach's show from last night. However you consume podcasts, you can look it up. But I just – I don't know if there needs to be context with it, but I do – I do think, Josh, that it would be interesting to kind of hear that, that, that full explanation from what Coach had to say, not just me kind of giving you a little snippet of what I took from it. Right. Us paraphrasing bits and pieces. Right. Let's, let's present and react to what word for word verbatim coach said. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, listen, we got the top five stories of the day. We've got Team USA and Team Iran at 1 o'clock this afternoon in what has been a very tense setting leading up to this because of the United States not clu- uh, including the uh, Islamic, the religion portion of the uh, Iranian flag. There's been claims of disrespect from the media members from iran it's been it's been ugly i hope everyone's safe today i hope everyone is is protected but u.s versus iran is for a spot in the knockout stage so that's coming up at one o'clock also tonight 14 playoff rankings the final regular season playoff rankings we expect the top four to be georgia michigan tcu and usc but will ohio state check in at number five could alabama we'll continue to debate and discuss with you right here on the ref we're at Newcastle Casino on a Tuesday. It's the Plank Show on the Ref. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Earn 20, get 20. And you can place your bets in the OTB, which is uh, upstairs right over here. Newcastle Casino, uh, Casino, conveniently located off I-44 and exit 107. All right. To the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh, wait, hold on. Am I wrong? Is the game not at 1 o'clock today? Real, oh, that's Russ in Atlanta. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. All right, let me hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. <laughs> this, is, um, this is really good. We've had a little back and forth on the Air Comfort Solutions text line between having the playbook and not having the playbook. So I want to hit these two real quick. And I think they're both really good. Really, really good. Okay? 972. Dude, you got to give yourself a name. You you text in some really interesting thought-provoking stuff. For the 972, BV is a nice guy. Holistic should include a playbook. What recruits from last year contributed this year? You won't know any if it's successful until you see results on the football field. Right now, all we see is 6-6 six and six and the worst season in 23 years, right? Good point. And then it's countered by Derek. Derek writes, any Sooner fan upset by the playbook thing has never played football, obviously. Kids just don't sit around reading the playbook all the time. Maybe it might have made a difference on one or two plays throughout the entire season, but not the grand scheme of things. The playbook doesn't help the players not drop balls or not commit penalties. You know, no one wants to hear it. No one wants to hear it. <laughs> but you're a couple of caught footballs away from a team that's sitting here right now, maybe eight and eight and four, nine and three, maybe even ten and two. I mean, there's two games that we just can't talk about: TCU and Texas. And I know, and I know, Dylan Gabriel went out in the TCU game and didn't play in the Texas game. But 
drop football against West Virginia, penalties against Texas Tech, and a drop. You know, you just you start you start really drilling into those, Josh, and you realize a lot of people that are freaking out and understandably so with the final record and the way that it went, but you're a few plays away from being special. But maybe those plays hold on, I'm gonna bring it back so you don't get too mad at me, peeps. Maybe those plays aren't as necessary if there weren't fundamental mistakes or um, a, a true understanding of what's required of you in certain instances. I, I can kind of see both sides of it. Derek's point is good. I thought the point for the 972 is good. And I think kind of Derek's point is what we were making. You know, is it? No one wants to hear it, and it sounds bad, but is it? Is that the difference between six and six and ten and two or eleven and one, Josh? Probably not. No, probably not. Probably not. And you know, for Oklahoma, they they have to get light years better defensively. That much is obvious. They need to figure out a way to play complementary football, and especially in key moments, complementary football. I've said this a lot the past two days, but C.J. Colden. He's got the play for you versus Texas Tech. He's made it for you. As much bad that happened defensively, C.J. Colden's got the interception that sets you up on the doorstep to go win the football game. And then offensively, an offense that basically rolls up 700 yards for you doesn't execute when you need it the most. So those are the parts for Oklahoma that you just didn't have an offense this season that as good as it was, and it was good statistically playing, it didn't bail you out at times. Uh, it's funny. Uh, I, I mentioned I was very careful, and the very first text that came in from the 9118 was, so you're saying we were close? No, no, I, those are words we can't say. Can't say those. All right, we're at Newcastle Casino on a Tuesday. Uh, the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day are next.